Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. Joining me this week as Matt continues to be out unwell. Get well soon, Matt. It's my partner in crime from many other podcasts. It's Stefan Stefan. I have been allowed to return. You have, yeah, yeah. You've obviously been released from Amazon. I am back. How's it going? Yeah, I'm all right. Now, you're not too well yourself. You're you're suffering with a bit of a cold, so I've dragged you here. Yeah, I've, I've kind of dragged you here because last week I was descending into madness talking to myself. In fairness to you, you did quite well. I listened, I listened, you did well. Yeah, I, well, it was heavily edited, to be fair. There were um, ah, there was right. a whole there was a whole phone in segment where I was basically talking to myself but doing different voices for a while. I know you well enough to believe that could have happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Uh but yeah, this is the Spurs News Podcast. Uh we are back. Uh we're trying to bring you a show every single week. Uh we got a few challenges at the moment, so apologies for that, but we will we will keep endeavouring to be here to try and make some sensible things Tottenham Hotspur and have a bit of a laugh and yeah that's about it really so we're going to open the show this week talking about the 2-0 victory over Everton um that was at the weekend uh whenever there's been another game and of course a defeat it always feels like so long ago but um the Everton game uh Richarlison injury aside which thankfully is now looking like it's going to be a lot Less than what first feared, so he'll be back in time for the World Cup, which is great for him. Good news, um, yeah, that was a worry. It was. It was a very sad moment because you could see after the game just how upset he was. But um, the actual yeah. performance and victory, I, I was really pleased. I thought we played really well. Um, we, it was we a controlled large parts of the game. Yeah, I mean, we, we controlled large parts of the game, which is something we haven't really done a lot of. Um, which was good, and yeah, scored a good couple of goals. So yeah, I, I was kind of pleased with the Everton game. Did did you get to see much of it? I saw a fair bit of it actually, which was I'm very glad to say. Um, yeah. Players, so Hoyerberg really stood out as impressed me. Yeah, against Hoyberg Everton, really yeah. impressed me against Everton. Um, he's one of those players that I've never been fully enamoured with. Yeah, I, I think. He does his job well under the radar, if that makes sense. So therefore, he he cracks on, gets it done. But then when he does make a mistake or something happens, that's the kind of the bit that's seen on TV, for example. Yeah. I've not not been lucky enough this season to go to the actual stadium yet. So all of my viewing so far has been based just on the TV viewing, which means that you kind of see where the ball is. So if a mistake is made or he misses a glaring opportunity to score... That's on the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, yeah, against Everton, I thought he actually did really well. Got scored a great goal. Yeah. Um, but seems to be fairly busy the whole way through, and I thought it was actually from the majority of the game I saw a very good performance by us. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um and it was sort of like a solid win. Um and I came away from the game feeling pretty good, uh pretty pretty confident in where we are and how we're playing and I think the thing is, is that we're not playing a style of football which is 
you know, wow, this is incredible to watch. There, there, there's no, there's no kind of denying the fact that we are not playing a uh, a sexy brand of football. You know, you can't get away from that. However, I, I'm recognizing that to change the course that we were on under that bloke who shall not be named, <laughs> you have to build the foundation. You know, you can't just walk in and go, right, day one, sexy football. Hey, look, we're doing it. You've got to build a foundation and you've got to still... And the way Conte works is very much a kind of tactical discipline and then we, you know, and then we move. You know, you, you kind of have this instilled in you that you're going to fight for every inch of the football pitch and then at the same time, you're also... Once you get that, once that's instilled, you can then... You know, be pretty if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and that, and do that's the the kind of the first. way. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, you do the basics well, and then build upon that. So, uh, I'm kind of okay. I can see where we're going as as a squad, as a team. So, I, I can accept that. Okay, it's not that great to watch at the moment. That there's a lot of comparison with Jose um, and the fact that you know Jose had us high at the table doing well in all the cup competitions and then it just absolutely slammed out of nowhere and we had we never recovered and I, I yeah. can understand why people are making that comparison because the football wasn't good under Jose at any point the difference is is that I I watched all of that and I'm watching all of this yeah uh, the and under Jose it just felt like the players were stuck in concrete like they weren't fit they weren't buying into what they were doing they looked lost a lot of them you know just looked confused all the time terrified of making a mistake ever um, and, and it was, oh massively yeah and you just you had harry kane and sonny and with not for them and their form in that season We'd have never have hit any sort of height. You know, it would have been dire the whole way through. Yeah. With, with this, you know, we're seeing other goal scorers. We're seeing other people get on the score sheet on a regular basis. We're seeing players trying to look up and trying to play. They're being encouraged. You know, look at our central defenders on a regular basis. Dyer makes up an extra man on the edge of their box. Romero, gee, Romero, seems every now and again, think, yeah, I can be. <laughs> yeah, every now and again he's like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can be a striker. Let's have a go. Uh, yeah. Ben Davis, you know, so they've got this tactical discipline, but then a freedom to go right. If it's on, go. You know, back yourself, trust yourself, uh, which is very different than what it was under Jose. Under Jose, it was you'll stand there, and if you move from there, I'll scream at you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, so yeah, I can understand the comparisons, but. For me, I thought the Everton game was very good and a very good demonstration of uh, solid performance from us where we controlled the ball and, and we won the game. And, and you know, I said before, the Everton, you looked at it and you swore it went on paper, we're the stronger side. So we should win that game. But of course, you know, football's not played on paper, it's played on grass. Oh, yeah. And um, as a Spurs fan, you look at <clears> that and you go, yeah, we can, we're definitely going to win that, which means we're going to lose 1-0. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, after dominating the game. Yeah. Uh, so after the Everton game, then um, felt okay. Felt felt pretty good about it. I knew 
Going away to Man United, Old Trafford, midweek, 8pm or 8.15 or whatever it was, kickoff. It's going to be a challenge. Um, Man United might not be the force they were, but you look at you only got to look at their team sheet. You know, Sancho, Rashford, Bruno Fernandes, yeah. you know, that's a bloody good side. <laughs> uh, that Anthony yeah. guy. So you you only got to look at it and just go, yeah, okay, this is this is going to be a challenge. And I I thought we went there, and in the first half I was kind of like, Man United had more shots against us in the first half than they've had against any other side in a full ninety minutes under Ten Hag, and also they dominated the possession more. Now, you can look at that and go, that's because we, we were crap and everything, but I think at some point you also have to look at it and go, they were very good. And I don't think... Even Ten Hag said afterwards that's the best they've played. Full stop. In any game he's managed, yeah. that is the best his team have played. Now, it's just... It's always against us. It's always against us, isn't it? It's like, I was going to say, is it like some, some cruel irony that it seems to be Dr. Tottenham that will see a team now? Uh, and it's give like, them that unbelievable. Like, um, yeah, I, I remember things like Aguero going on a gold drought for Man City, yeah. plays against Spurs, scores a hat trick. Yeah, Balotelli yeah. only scored like one league goal for Liverpool against Tottenham. Yeah, you know, it always seems to be like you know, oh, this team's really out of form. They've lost their last five home games. They played Tottenham. Oh, it's yeah. like watching Spain of two thousand and eight. Yeah. It's like, what has happened? Why, <laughs> it is, why is it against it us is, that every team the player goes, yep. It's yeah, people just don't so like frustrating. us. I, I think we have to accept <laughs> it. But the, the, um, they, they play great. And, and I think in the first half, it was kind of like, we did hit them on the counter a few times. And I think this is the, this is the big, big difference maker in, in Premier League football week in, week out is, you have to take your chances. Like if you if you create an opening against any side in the Premier League, any side is capable of beating the other. And if you create openings, you have to be able to take them. And if you're and don't get me wrong, every striker, every forward player can have a day where it's like, Jesus, I can't hit a barn door. You know, that can happen to the best players in the world. Oh yeah. And last night when we were playing this game I think from about halfway through the first half, I looked at it and went, Kane, Sonny, they don't look like they're going to get in there tonight. It just doesn't look like it's on. It just doesn't look like... I don't know. Yeah, I could have been completely wrong because, you know, Kane and Son are both perfectly capable of just picking up the ball and bang, it's in the back of the net. But it just didn't look like... like there, there's an expression I saw on Twitter, and I've stolen it because I thought it was excellent. And I think this sums up Tottenham last night. All of the team, except Larice, who I thought was exceptional. He had possibly the whole game team. Of the season. Yeah, yeah. He, and you know, he stopped it from being five 0 He, he was, he was phenomenal at half time. Yeah, the whole, yeah, the whole team. Their second touch had to be a tackle. And and I saw that on Twitter, and I've stolen it because I think it's accurate. Our first touch every time last night was all over the place. Every player, Hoybier, Bentancur, who those two you can rely like these are two players that you can completely rely on in our midfield. You know, you only got to go back a few days against Everton; they bossed it. They were phenomenal. Yep. Every ball, you know, like quick passes, everything. Last night, 
all over the place. Benson, Kura, and Conte, I thought at one point we were actually going to have a punch-up. Benson oh, there was a moment kept... where, yeah, he was screaming across the pitch away from the yeah. touchline. And Benson got just looked yeah. at him, and I was like, oh, dear. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the thing is, is Conte is absolutely right. I mean, it's like concentration levels. Where have they gone? Um, and you can compliment Manchester United's pressing. Obviously, you can. And, and they did a really good job. And again, something Man United have not really done. And against us, for whatever reason, perhaps Ten Hag's still really pissed about the Champions League. I don't know. But they, <laughs> they came at us. You know, they, yeah. they absolutely came at us. And uh, I thought for a large period of the first half, though, I genuinely thought we played through it quite well. There were times we're playing it at the back and I'm having like a panic attack. But then, coolly as you like, Romero just clips the ball and Doherty chests it, pass it. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. All right, you, you guys yeah, are so, a bit better than I give you credit for. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Like, I watched... I unfortunately had to take my, my wife up to the hospital last night for a checkup. So I, I was yeah. kind of watching in bits on my phone because was, the match was on Amazon. Yeah. So I was watching it in bits on my phone. I managed to watch the first 15 minutes at home and then it was kind of mostly bits and pieces on my phone. And the first yeah. 15 minutes or so, I, I was messaging you and I was like, United look sharp. They look they look the threat. But yeah. we know how well we can counter attack. So therefore, even with it being all United, I'm still expecting somebody to pop up in the box after a counter attack and us to go, oh, can't believe we've stolen a goal there. Yeah. And then as well, I that was started it. watching yeah. the second half, <laughs> the second half, I didn't have that feeling after that. The second half seemed no, more like, no. oh, this is going to get painful soon. No, I mean, the first half, there were a few times where Doherty went through and he elected to shoot rather than cross. Um, Kane hit a shot, uh, Sonny hit one. And on those occasions, on a different day, we we score. And I yeah. believe that all of that energy, all of that attacking threat from Man United, all that confidence they showed would have drained away. I, I yeah. think you go you go to Old Trafford because the crowd... Here's something else as well. I don't know whether this is just Amazon uh, mics were different or what. I don't think I've heard Old Trafford sound like that ever. Like their home fans, typically the library, was... They, they were singing songs from start to finish. I just I was like, genuinely, is this just because I haven't seen many Man United games midweek, perhaps? Because on a nighttime kickoff, people have had a few sherberts, um, a bit it, more yeah, vocal, but <laughs> I did wonder, maybe um, Amazon were actually just playing a soundtrack into the stadium. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could have been. They've yeah, got there, one of the was... FIFA games and got the chance from that, just playing yeah, there, you there, know, there, the there, speakers, yeah. I did, I did hear a song about, you know, Good old Brian McClare at one point, so maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> show, showing my age. Um, yeah, <laughs> ooh, our Cantona ringing out. No, um, yeah. the second half, to be quite honest with you, was an absolute shambles. Um, we we typically, when Conte gets the team in at halftime, he instills in them like, okay, we've come in nil nil, but you're hanging on here. You need to do this. You, you know, he, he typically manages to instill, and I find. Second half, we we improve. Normally, well, we went yeah. one nil. We went one nil down within a minute, and it was like the whole team just went, "Oh, screw it." Um, it, it was awful. It was really awful. The, the first half, like I said, it felt like a kind of uh, a punch and counter punch affair. United 
dominated the ball and pressed really well, but we had so much threat. And United, I honestly felt we take a chance, and United are just going to go, you know. Yeah, this again. Here we go. But second half, it was atrocious. I don't think there's any defending that second half performance at all. And only for me personally, Hugo Lloris can hold his hands up as as he did well. He was the only player, and and you know he's conceded two goals in that second half. But I, I just I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at all the players, and I'm a massive fan of a lot of these players, their consistency. And the only thing I could say is a few of them looked fatigued. Eric Dyer, I think, has played yeah. every game. Is looking yeah. is now making mistakes and looking fatigued. Uh, Hoybier and Bentinker just in that second half it's like the first half kind of held their own a little bit second half not at all they they, they were passengers um, I mean Basuma the first those first 15 minutes that I saw at home yeah. Basuma was looking yeah. a bit more like the player we wanted from Brighton he was closing players down he was running at players high press yep. I didn't see much of that when yep. I was watching it in the second half no no no, no. not, it, not it as much gone. as I'd want it, to it see it was they they really really struggled, um, and it was a uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, Conte called it out post matches. We are struggling with a mentality issue in big games. He said we lost to Arsenal. We drew with Chelsea, but Chelsea dominated the game. He said, and now we've gone to Old Trafford. Um, now he can call that out if he wants, and and he's right. You know, every fan knows it, and this is not brand new information. But at the same time, he's an elite level coach, and surely to God, he should be the one fixing it. Considering he's had this that, massive, that's, you know, yeah, we have this big squad now, and yay, big squad, squad players, yay! Seventy-five minutes, two 0 down, no substitutions, and what looks like absolutely knackered players. I, I, and... I mean, I don't get it. I, I don't. I don't understand. You can make five subs now. Uh, you can. He fought hard to improve the squad in the summer, and he's looking at it. I mean, I felt for the players brought on. You know, Jed spent Skip being brought on in that situation. What are you expecting them to do? Yeah. I, I mean, I I get I get you know two 0 up against Everton. I get bringing a few kids on to go right, go on, run around the pitch for a minute. You know, get your bearings because eventually you know you're going to get used, and I don't want you. To, to like be terrified of the stadium the first time you ever come on the you know so get out there i completely get it yeah. i get the comfortable bringing people on all right fine in this situation the game is gone like mm-hmm. he could have made changes at half time he could have like when we conceded i i get sort of going right give it a minute see if the team react anyone watching knew it felt like it was going to be 2-0 united any minute we were like hanging on yeah and Nothing. There's no reaction. No tactical change. No, no personnel change. No, no anything. And uh, again, I'm just kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say because he is without a shadow of a doubt an elite level coach and knows far more about this squad than I ever will, mm-hmm. and knows far more about football than I ever will. But just as a fan, sort of watching it, I'm, I'm baffled. I don't get why. Hoybier, Dyer, etc., being run literally into the ground. Um, you know they're starting every single game. They're playing practically like Kane as well. Yeah, and it cannot be a surprise, therefore, that midweek away at Man United they look leggy. 
You know, they look like their touch isn't right. Their their passing's not. I mean, Kane was spraying passes around like peak Hoddle, and then couldn't yeah. even control a ball. It, it was yeah. bizarre, it's just crazy. a bizarre crap performance. And uh, it, the the frustrating thing is, is I've I've spent my life watching Tottenham go to Old Trafford and get smacked. You know, regardless of form, regardless of anything else. You go to Old Trafford, we're going to lose. I don't have any expectation of winning anything there. But this season, you look at the table, you look at the form of the two teams, and you'd expect us to go there and at least play. I mean, if you lose, you lose a game of football. That happens. But go there and give it a freaking go. You know, you, we basically yeah, went there. You and want just to attack sat. and go for it. And well, then that, at, that's least, what... at least throw a punch, you know? Yeah. And, and by that, it's not a case of go 2-0 down and swap your centre-back and defensive midfielder, sort of, like your left-back. I was... Yeah. It was like, we, we've got players that like Lucas who will get on the ball. And I mean, ask the United manager what Lucas is like as a player. Yeah, exactly. You know? And he left him on the bench for so long. And I'm like, come on, we've got... We have players well, the, well, there the that can go and make Lucas... a difference. Well, you've got Lucas Moura, who Ten Hag probably still has some sort of Vietnam flashback over, some deep-seated PTSD fear factor. And also, the last yeah. time Lucas Moura started at Old Trafford, he scored twice. Mm-hmm. So, I, 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 don't, I don't get it. You know, fitness-wise, he knows the condition of the players. But when we went 1-0 down, and we clear we weren't getting back into the game, even with three in midfield, we weren't doing anything. So make the switch. Take one of them off, bring Lucas on, and go back to the go back to the more attacking formation and try and get the ball forward. Because yeah. you know, Kane drops deep and plays it in. Lucas would have had the run in of their defence. I look at that Man United defence and I look at it and think, that's vulnerable. You know, oh, even, yeah. here's a really here's a really frustrating thing for me as well. Perisic Phenomenal delivery of the, deliver of the ball. Yep. Doherty, a big guy. Kane, a big guy. Sonny, for his size, is really great in the air. Yep. We have got the biggest. We have their def- central defenders are dwarfed by Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. I never saw a ball go in the box head height. No. We we were hitting it on the ground, uh, and I'm just thinking, surely that is like one of the most basic things. Looking at this Man United defense. That you would say is when you're when you're delivering the ball, get in there and get over those defenders and whip the ball in head height for yeah. Kane. <laughs> Kane, go and attack just, it. Yeah. Just, uh, anyway, uh, we could talk about it and we could talk about it. it ain't going to change the result. We lost two 0 away at Man United. Uh, it's going to be one of those results over the season where. If we manage to pick up enough points elsewhere and we and we manage to keep rolling. It's one you could look at losing 2 0 at Old Trafford. Okay, you know, that can happen. I mean, uh, Arsenal lost to Man United this season. Yeah, we're uh, not going to Other really teams will lose. No, other teams are going to lose to Man United this season. Because, like I said, you look at them, they are quality. That that squad they've got there, the team, that, that first 11 they put out against us, you looked at them and went, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> Attacking yep. wise, anyway, I still think you could get at them defensively, but, you know, that's. That's a side note. So, you, for me, you got to write the game off. You got to go right. Okay, that's done. That that is done. It was a shit shit performance. Nobody deserves any kind of praise off the back of it. You all deserve a slap, if anything. And now you got to focus on the next game because 
what we have been able to do under Conte is create a fortress at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Teams don't like coming to us right now. And the next team up in our next game is Newcastle United, who are flying this season. Are oh, playing yeah. good football. <clears throat> uh, they're confident. And they will come to our stadium, great big you know arena, and are going to go for it. They're not going to shut up shop. You know, Eddie Howe's going to play his the way Eddie Howe plays. And I used to like playing him at Bournemouth because we used to smash them 5-1 on a regular basis because they'd <laughs> never change how they played. Um, We have got to be up for it. We have got to go into that game. Like, Conte, the coaches, everybody just needs to drill into this team. It's like, okay, you've lost that game, but you can shake that off now. Or... You know, or this becomes a slump. This becomes an issue, and this is, this is, you know, our season falling apart. You, and we just can't allow it. A two-nil away defeat to Old Trafford over the whole season, you can write off. You then lose to Newcastle at home off the back of it, and and things are going bad. Yeah, that's where we can start asking questions. Yeah, and and that's and and rightfully so. I mean. What, I'll tell you one thing, before we completely move on from the Man United thing, I, I saw, as full-time was approaching, journalists, and I follow a lot of them um, on Twitter, for example, they were just going in two-footed on Tottenham. And I mean, like, you know, this was attacking versus defence. This was, And it was just this absolute onslaught of abuse and kind of Tottenham got what they deserved kind of scenario. And... I, I kind of went all the way through it, and, and I felt pretty aggravated with the way we played. We didn't play well, and, and I'm annoyed by that. But my overall takeaway from it is, like, we get praised as Tottenham are doing really well, Tottenham are up there in the top four, um, they're not playing, they're not setting the world alight like other teams are, but they're efficient, you know, there's not, there's not just one way to win a football match, and they're doing it, and this is really interesting, and it's good, and he's building to something there. Mm-hmm. But the minute we don't play well, like the minute we lose, it's like every single headline that's ever been written about boring is just thrown at us. And and I don't know, I kind of walked away from Twitter last night just like that felt like it was uh, copied and pasted. It, it felt like they all had that ready and like the minute we tripped, they were just going to pile go. on. Yeah, because it's like the game hadn't even finished and it was just tweet after tweet and like story after story with typical, um, you know, clickbait headlines. <laughs> and I just looked at it. I was going through it all just thinking, jeez, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm annoyed. And I've looked through Spurs Twitter and all the fans are annoyed. Everyone's kind of like questioning for why is it we can't ever seem to be motivated for a big game. This is, is you know... What the hell goes on? But but what's what's your take, mate? I mean, do you, what what are your thoughts? I don't know if you see the same sort of thing as I do, but do you feel that it's actually justified to diving on us like that, or do you feel that, like me, it's a bit over the top? I, I think it's slightly over the top. I mean, I'm looking at the league table now, and yeah. even with Chelsea and United with a game in hand, unless Chelsea win their next game five nil. We still sit yeah. third third in the table after everyone's played 11 games. So we are still yeah. up there. At most, we will be three points behind City, who are in second place. 
Now, yeah. we haven't played amazing football. And I saw a tweet. I think it was you that sent me it. You sent me a tweet about how, you know, this Tottenham side are grinding out results and yet we've not hit the third gear yet. And yeah. Yeah. with that, there's there's a mass frustration at the fact of why are we not hitting third, fourth and fifth gear yet? Because yeah. if we do hit those higher gears, then we should be ripping teams like a United apart. Yeah. However, we, we're not hitting those those third gears, fourth gears yet. But at the same time, we've won seven games. We've only lost two. Yeah. Um, I know you said earlier about the comparisons with the whole Jose teams. And I know I have been guilty myself of making that comparison of, I know we're getting results, but Christ, it's bad to watch at times. But at at the same time, you can also see the fitness levels. You can see the happiness in the squad. You know, a lot yeah. of the players are still... You see the pictures of everyone turning up to training and getting ready for the matches. Everyone's happy. They weren't with Jose there. No. Um, the fact that, you know, Harry Kane is talking about, you know, if if Conte signs a new contract, let's talk about mine and stuff. That would not have been happening the last few seasons. No. So, no, clearly, the squad itself... <clears throat> the squad itself is happy. And the squad itself obviously understand that we are moving in the right way to start really challenging for things. Yeah. Uh, so, for me, I think the journalists kind of going in two-footed like they have is is very over the top. We don't need that sort of... We don't need no, that press, but we expect it. <clears throat> yeah, and that, that's that's kind of the thing. It is the expectation now of that's, that's kind of where we're at. Um, okay, so me and you have talked a lot. We've given our opinions. Uh, it is time now to hand over to fellow Tottenham fans who will give us their opinions or thoughts or comments and questions. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. I do like that theme. Uh, I like mate, that. Uh, Instagram or Facebook, where do you want to start? Let's go with lovely Laura. Okay, we are off to Instagram where we have one. We have one message, and it's from someone with their own theme, and it's my favourite. Now it's time for a comment from Iron Brother. love that thing um okay it's from island brother who says hey guys no negativity was expecting more of a fight at man u but this is a long season with more up and downs to come very level-headed mm-hmm. i like that as a like start that. good stuff got the formation i wanted but not the fullbacks conte still playing russian roulette out there <laughs> uh question do you all believe this saving energy playing within ourselves because of the craziness of the schedule for the season keep well and come on you spurs uh, I talked about that last week on the solo thing about a mm-hmm. kind of theory that Conte is the kind of manager who would plan a season, sit down with the fitness coaches and go, right, <clears throat> yeah. this is going to be mental because of the World Cup. <laughs> we are going to play in this way, this manner, etc. Get us and see where we are, see where the fitness levels are. Uh, truly, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a... I think it could just be a very convenient thought process because we're clearly, as you, you know, your analogy about gears is correct. We watch us and we're like, we're in third gear. We're in cruise control. 
there's no there doesn't appear to be any game where we've gone up through the gears and really blown a team away mm-hmm. um there's been a few games we played well but just never it just never looks like we've gone up and gone you know, man united last night against us did that yep man united went up a gear or two and we, we everyone was just kind of like where where the hell has this man united been <laughs> yeah i mean i remember even our game against southampton one nil yeah. down, and then we won the game by a big scoreline. Yeah. And even then, I was watching it going, we could still step this up a couple of keys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could really yeah, yeah. go to town here. Oh, okay, we're yeah. not going to. But. But, but we're not we're not going to, no. And it's that kind of looking like we're playing within ourselves, I think, leads to that kind of theory of we're trying to control, we're trying to make sure measured, and then be up there and then once the world cup's done when everyone's got their squads back and everyone's kind of like oh you know so and so's injured so you know you don't know it's going to be so great it's like two seasons yeah um yeah it's like the objective is be top four and still in all the cups it's like that's the objective go to the world cup and then it's like right okay bang our objective now is to win stuff let's <laughs> and- start again yeah <clears throat> I-, I don't know it's it's bizarre but that's that's my thinking um, but we'll have to wait and see. But thank you, Island Brother, for your lovely question. Uh, it takes us over to Facebook now, and we have Matthew Fleming, who says, Hope it's not just Sam this week. <clears throat> Cheers. Ouch. Yeah, but, I, <laughs> but I'll still be listening if it is. Yeah, all right, it's a bit of a backhanding. It's like it's like when someone, like, go out on a date, it's like, oh, you'd be really attractive if it wasn't for, and it's like, go on, finish that sentence. What are you going to say, you bastard? Yeah, lovely personality. Uh, yeah, you oh, went out with a woman with a sparkling personality. Yeah, but that was it. Yeah. What are Spurs lacking to control games like the United away game? I felt the free in midfield was key to this, but they got the run around. Uh, yeah, uh, Stefan, do you want to go first on that one? Um, I, I think the key itself, I think we touched on it, maybe the fatigue. Some of the players did just genuinely look shattered. Yeah. Whereas United looked kind of on it a lot more. Yeah, and I think I, I still think it's a slight mentality issue. I think we take we've taken the, these players to Old Trafford, and they've all kind of gone inside themselves a little bit. We need to be going to the bigger stadiums with the mentality of we're going to show you, instead of oh, this is the big I place. Agree. Yeah, I agree. Especially when you consider our home stadiums now is a coliseum. You know, it's a phenomenal big mm-hmm. stadium, big pitch really old Trafford shouldn't hold that kind of but I, I say this loads of times you go to Selhurst Park on a Wednesday night 8 p.m kickoff it is a very different place than going at 12 noon on a Saturday oh yeah it the place is rocking and and old Trafford last night it had a good atmosphere and the players responded so I love it uh, I, I love like you Matthew felt the lights yeah yeah no me too yeah it's part of football man um <clears throat> Matthew I agree I felt the free in midfield was the key and I thought going to Old Trafford playing that free in midfield we would dominate possession midfield but the one thing and Stefan just touched on you can't factor in fatigue um I felt Hoybier was so far off his performance against Everton so far off and Bentoncourt unbelievably uncharacteristic in a Tottenham shirt that guy is just Mr. Reliable, consistency, there for the pass, gives the pass, constant. He, he's been brilliant last night, really off. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think you look at it and 
Uh, Dyer early on made a mistake, and again, you know, this season he hasn't been doing that, but the last two games he has. So, yeah, it's just I I feel there's a fatigue factor. Um, I'm interested to see the team selection against Newcastle if there's going to be any or many changes. Conte doesn't seem to like making any changes ever, so. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, good good question. Well formulated. Uh, this next person has his own theme, and it's actually one that you voiced. Here is a question from Ryan Miller. You all know what time it is. It's Miller time. That's right, it's Miller time. And Ryan Miller's question is, for me, it's a no-brainer that we need to get Conte on a new contract. When do you think would be a suitable time to sign him up? Has there been any news on him signing a new contract? I think waiting till the end of the season would be very risky. Also, Sam, you did a great job talking to yourself last week. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, Conte and a contract. Uh, thing to remember is his deal expires this summer. However, the club holds the one-year option. Uh, it is a club option, so literally any point we could just say, yeah, it's a whole other year. In fact, it could have already happened, just not been announced. So the club hold that, and it's there. I, I think at the moment, things are going pretty well. I think the Man United game, if if um, if that's isolation, so if we play well and beat Newcastle, I, I think overall we can all feel pretty good about the way the season's going. Uh, I, I think the atmosphere, if we lose the Newcastle, will be pretty toxic instantly, which sucks. Um, but yeah, I I feel like for me personally, um, Conte as a manager only works if you as a club are going to continue to spend. So what I mean by that is yeah. in the summer we strengthened, we improved, but you need to keep doing that. January, next summer again. And if, for example, we're going to revert to type and just go back to, oh, come on, we spent last window. You can't expect me to spend again this window. And, you know, Daniel Levy crying into his cereal bars. Um, Then it's not going to work for us because Conte very, very quickly will start shouting about that publicly. And there's no point tying a guy down to a four-year deal, three-year, four-year, five-year deal to only have to sack him after six months and pay him God knows how much money. He's the sort of manager that I think the whole, the rolling one-year contract works beautifully. Uh, I, he, <laughs> you know what I mean? He it's seems like... very, yeah, he also seems very relaxed about it. And I think it's possibly, uh, Pochettino was kind of the same and people were really stressed about his contract situation on a regular basis. But, Conte, I think Pochettino, I think a few other more modern managers kind of realise, look, I could sign a five-year contract and then tomorrow you sack me. You know, it means nothing other than I'll get paid until I get another job. You know, that's all it means. Um, So it's kind of like he he wants to win stuff. He prioritises winning and improving his CV and improving his kind of standing above financial security he's set for life the man doesn't need obviously he's not going to turn it down but he doesn't need to earn <laughs> another cent in his life he do, he doesn't he's set 
So yeah. I think he prioritizes now a case of, look, I'll sign a new deal here, but if I'm signing it, you guys need to be January. I need a new player. I need a creative midfielder and you need to spend. It can't just be, yeah, I got you a un nobody knows heard of him from the French league. Yeah, exactly. And it, it needs to be, it needs to be players on a regular basis. And we, we all knew that we all knew that squad needed to be completely chopped and changed. Yeah. There was no doubt in any of our minds and the summer the work began to do that and the work's going to continue. Um, but it does need to continue. And I know there's the, oh, January is such a tough window. You offer the money early in the window to a club, they will take it. So I think that's, that's the thing. I think this January is going to be unlike one we've seen before purely because of that World Cup. Oh, massively, man. No, no, you're you, absolutely right. You think right. Of I, I, even the summer World Cups, players' prices yeah. can go through the roof. I mean, yeah. remember Sissoko, for, when oh, he was yeah. at Newcastle, had a great World Cup. Yeah. We spent a fortune on him. Yeah. And I and think... What a, what a bargain that turned exactly. out to be. Exactly. Yeah. Who needs bail when you've got Sissoko? Yeah. I remember being a son. Yeah. yeah. Ironically, yeah, from the stands. <laughs> yeah. And, and then he, he kind of fell in love with it because... He was like, oh, listening to them sing my song. I'm like, dude, we're literally taking the piss, but okay. Yeah, it's, it's it. sung out of irony, but don't worry. Um, but the funny thing was, though, and it does prove the impact fans can have, because he then actually did play very well for like a couple of years. It was like, oh, Sissoko's actually part of this team now. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But not, but yeah the World not Cup, to the, not a, to couple, the level. a couple of creative midfielders have a decent World Cup. And see their prices, oh, yeah, 10, their price, 20 million yeah. added onto them. And all of a sudden it's like, ah, oh, crap. Yeah. Right. So hopefully James Madison does just miss out on the England call-up. And... Well, know. yeah, poor, <laughs> poor poor, James Madison. I mean, he, he's the player that we're linked with. Yeah. Um, I, I think Arsenal are going to make a move for him as well. Um, but it's one of those things where, uh, you know, wages isn't a problem. The club can offer wages to beat anybody now. Um, yep. It is purely down to us agreeing a fee with the team. Now, Leicester, in their position, are not going to want to let him go. But, I, you know, for me, you go early in the window and you say, like, right, now you've got the whole month to replace him. Yeah. And we are, what's your price? Oh, we want 80 million. And we go, okay. Now, that is the difference between a side at the top and a side, you know, a side that's not, is that Man City or Liverpool, when they when they identified these players that their manager said, look, I need that player and I'll win something, they went, yeah. okay, bang, here's the money. Well, look and then at, they went and won stuff. Yeah, look at uh, this summer, Nunes and Haaland. Both clubs yeah. went to Benfica and Dortmund, respectively, and went, how much for that player? Yeah. They didn't then turn yeah, around and, and go, oh, maybe we'll offer you six or seven million less. They yeah. went, how much? Yeah, okay, was, done, was, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, let's get the deals done. Yeah, let's let's do the deals because that's what I need. And you know the the Pep Guardiola thing well, I talked about it before. Pep Guardiola came to England, took over that squad, which was a good Man City squad, and did nothing because they just couldn't play the way he wanted them to play. So in that summer, they went right fifty million for Carl Walker, forty million for this other fullback, forty million for this player. Next yeah. thing you know, they're winning everything. Yep. Because he identified, this is what I need, go and get me the best players in those positions, and they did. Then you've got Liverpool. 
I need these, I need a goalkeeper, I need a defender, and they went and bought the best available and those spent a lot of money. Yeah, you know, Alisson and Van Dijk Van, swapped them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, loads of money, and they won. They won stuff. They won the Champions League. They won the they won the Premier League, and Tottenham are now in this position where we are back into the top four. We've got a manager who's ambitious to win stuff, and he will be saying, "Get me this. Get me this. The best possible player in this position, and it will take us on. You know, we will then yeah. be able to do more." And it's it's just, I think as a Tottenham fan, it's kind of ingrained in me that we're just not going to do it. Hmm. I mean, I want I want us to. I want it to be different. I want it to be, um, I want it to be that we as a club have now built the stadium. We've got everything in place, and now we're going to really go for winning stuff. But it just doesn't feel like it. It just even in the summer, you know, we got we put the investment in from Enoch, which shocked me. We did our business early, which shocked me. Yeah, I was. I'm happy with all the business we did. I'm completely understanding that clubs in Europe don't have the money to buy players, so there there has been loads of loan deals rather than us selling them. I get it. I get what's going on with that, and I understand the position the clubs in. But the fact is that we've done that. You know, we've bought players in without having to sell first. And now I'm looking at it in January. I'm thinking we're. If we can just, you know, think about Kulisevsky and Bentenkur impact was massive. Like huge, last January they came in huge impact. and the impact was huge, like phenomenal. Yeah. Surely that should send a message that that needs to happen again. You know, yeah. you need to find a player or two players who are going to come into the first 11 and just this whole team's going to be lifted again. And and because if you can do that, because he did that, Kulisevsky and Bentiker joined. We were at ninth, and we finished in the top four. Yeah, we are we are potentially going to be in the top four. So if we add these players, what what can we do? You know, there, there's there's so much, and and it should be a lesson. It should be a lesson to Levy, to the whole club. Buy well, buy good, buy good players, buy quality. Yeah. And look at the difference it makes. However, <laughs> yeah. however, I'm, I'm I don't know. Uh, it, it's years, it's years and years and years of being a Spurs fan. Years and years and years. You know, two decades of Enoch doesn't get wiped away in one transfer window. You know, <laughs> yeah. so I'm I'm possibly sounding negative, but it just makes me nervous. Um, what what are your thoughts anyway on that? Uh, do you feel that? Perhaps things have changed, and that's why that's why Conte's still with us and stuff. Or, or do you have that fear factor like me? Um, it's a strange one because every interview Conte's kind of done talking about the club, he genuinely sounds really happy to be there. He's always like, "I'm enjoying my time here. I'm enjoying my time in the club. I get on with the board. I enjoy the squad." And I'm like, "Okay." And the money we're making from the stadium and things like that, like the money, we know now that we are a financial juggernaut. We, we know that's there. It's yep. not hidden. We know we're making the money now. So I really, really hope that this is going to be a case of, right, we have taken a step. Even, even if it's a case of Levy and Joe Lewis are going, right, do you know what? We're going to give this like two years. 
Let's give Conte. Yeah. Let's give Conte two seasons, so four transfer windows, starting in the summer we've just had, of giving him what he wants. And if after those two seasons we're not seeing the improvements or we're not title challenges, we're not winning things, then we're going to turn around and go, "Oi, we gave you four windows. You ain't done it yet." Yeah. But at least I'm hoping they're going to at least give him those couple of windows for him to kind of go, look, this is what we could do. Because guess what? If we win the Champions League, for example, that's a lot of money coming in the club. Yeah. You win the Premiership, oh, that's a yeah. lot of money coming in the yeah. club. Yeah. Brand expand, exposure and stuff like that. If you're in the, the latter stages of the Champions League, that's a lot of exposure with all these big brands and things. So the money is there. Like It is. You, you, yeah. you need to accumulate, was it speculate to accumulate? And that is what I'm hoping. You're not wrong, mate. But that's yeah. You're not you're not wrong, but that's been the same for twenty years. However, I'm a Spurs fan, so we're probably going to sell Harry in the summer and just disappear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Conte out. Uh, This guy coming back. Can you imagine? (laughs) I think I'd be done. I, I think I'd be done. (laughs) Uh, but anyway uh, mate that's it that's our show this week that is Spurs news I want to say a massive thank you to everybody for continuing to listen especially whilst we've been kind of hit and miss with the shows of late Uh, I can't apologise enough about that but we will keep endeavouring to stay on track and uh, appreciate all the messages that have come in for us as well so thank you for that I want to say a massive thank you to you my friend because I literally dragged you from your sick bed to do this so I wasn't talking to myself so Thank good, you, buddy. you're a hero, and I think, and I think you've sounded much better as the show's gone on. So the man flu is starting to lift. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so too. Uh, so yeah, a big thank you to everybody. Uh, get in touch. You can contact us via all our social media, via Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can email in. That's typically on the podcast description. Uh, but yeah, until next week, everyone, you all take care. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.